It's hard to believe that with everything else going on in the world, not just the state IT and GIS communities, that there's an election coming up. As we're recording this, we're less than 50 days out from the 2020 election, and by the time you hear this, we'll be even closer. In a time as chaotic and confusing and busy as this one, it's, it's easy to not think about the back end of what's happening as we get ready to head to the polls and vote. But, but over the course of the last several years, an incredible amount of work has been underway to change and hopefully improve that process. And a big area of potential improvement comes with using geospatial data in the elections process. This is GIS Addressed. Welcome to the third season of GIS Addressed here on the Scoop News Group Podcast Network. On this show, we work together with the folks at the National States Geographic Information Council to tell the stories of GIS and government and how the technologies impact both government employees and the citizens. I'm your host, Jake Williams, State Scoop's Associate Publisher. On today's episode, we are yet again revisiting a topic we've already discussed on this very project. We're going back to our 2019 episode on geo-enabled elections, an effort out of NISJIC that promotes a stronger dialogue between GIOs and election directors and provides best practices and support to help states leverage GIS data to ensure more effective and accurate elections. We're going to bring you all up to speed with what's happened recently on this project with two of the original guests from that 2019 episode. First up, we're joined by Jamie Chesser, a project manager at NISJIC responsible for coordinating the project. Jamie, thanks for being back on GIS Address. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me today. We also have Tammy Patrick joining us again. Tammy is a senior advisor at the Democracy Fund. Tammy, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So so let's dive into this today. Jamie, give us an update on the geo-enabled elections effort. We've covered it pretty extensively on statescoop.com, but for those listening who might not have seen that coverage, tell us a little bit about the project and, and how it's advanced in the last year or so. Thanks for that question, Jake. I appreciate, again, being here on the show today. Um, you know, a lot is happening within the geo-enabled elections project at NISJIC. I think one of the biggest transformations that has taken place is that geo-enabled elections is a project, but it is also becoming a concept, geo-enabling elections. And I've seen the, the term geo-enabled elections used more pervasively um, throughout the election space and the election environment, as well as um, within uh, the GIS space as well. So that's a, a big development that I've seen in regards to the project. In terms of project activities, we continue to just press forward. This year, um, with the Geo-Enabled Elections Project, we engaged six more pilot projects, um, Michigan, Minnesota, Oregon, Montana, Arkansas, and our first county, Shasta County, California. And these folks are working within their states with their uh, the election professionals, that team, and the GIS team to come together to integrate GIS and elections. And a, a lot of the work within these projects is, is around the notion of this idea of the spatial data audit, making sure that voters are voting in the right precincts and districts. We also continue to move forward our case study program. We uh, worked with Maricopa County, Arizona to push out a wonderful case study in August. And currently we're working with Marion County, Florida to push out a case study from them all about how to integrate GIS in elections. Two other things that I'd really like to share uh, with the audience today that we're focusing on um, with the geo Elections Project. 
are the advocacy work that we're doing and training. We are developing best practices to create model statute for successful integration of GIS in elections. So we're working with and have convened um, an advocacy working group that represents a subset of our steering group and our circle to begin researching existing boundaries and election statutes around the country. And we've started to identify some gold nuggets for promoting GIS in elections. There's a lot more work to do in this area, but over the fall, this fall, uh, the group will continue to, to meet in earnest uh, with the goal of presenting a draft version of these best practices for advocacy um, at our second annual Elections Geo Summit, um, which will be held in December, on December 10th. It's a Thursday, um, and invitations will go out for that shortly. The other thing I want to mention is we're putting some focus in the area of training. We're working with a, a nonprofit called the Center for Technology and Civic Life, or CTCL, to develop training around the best practices that we identified as phase one of the project. So developing some self-paced online trainings that are free and available to both the election community and the GIS community, again, all around our best practices for integrating GIS within elections. That's great. That's a lot of stuff, a lot of progress over the last year and and, and been really cool to see that project uh, continue. Tammy, do you have anything to add there? No, I think that that's great. I mean, one of the, um, I say no, and then I, I do add something. Um, so one of the things that is really important to know in the, in the election space and all of the various organizations that support election officials is the camaraderie and the collaboration that occurs. And I think Jamie mentioning um, Center for Technology and Civic Life and in uh, the collaboration there is really important because when we can leverage everyone's expertise and move forward without duplicating efforts, so being able to tap into the training um, platforms that CTCL offers and their electricity newsletter and other ways that they have to reach into election offices all across the country is just a fabulous way to be able to, to disseminate the information and spread the good work of NISJIC. You know, obviously, we, we couldn't not talk about the pandemic that seems to be dominating so much of what we're talking about and, and thinking about and working on nowadays. How did COVID-19 change the way that this project worked and, and, and how did it change the importance of the effort? And Jamie, we'll go back to you. And I guess I'd start out by saying just yes, uh, of COVID has placed a blanket, I think, over every piece of life um, more recently. And it certainly has changed the way the project has worked, both positively and negatively, honestly. Um, you know, we are traveling less, um, actually not at all. <laughs> um, so those uh, conferences and meetings where we interface as NISJIC with the state election directors and the local election directors has, you know, come to a screeching halt. But it also has provided us with an opportunity to think outside the box and you know, one of the things that we thought might be a neat idea early on is to promote a webinar series for the Geo-Enabled Elections Project. And because we're all not able to travel and we're, we're at our desks and working from home, um, you know, we were able to push forward with this idea. And so we started a webinar series in June of this year. And our first webinar was in partnership 
with Esri, a geographic information systems uh, software company, um, NACO, the National Association of Counties, and NCSL, which is the National Conference of State Legislatures. And we all talked about the importance of our organizations and GIS and, you know, how COVID's impacting elections. And it was a great webinar. We followed that one up just more recently here in September, beginning of September, with uh, our second webinar in the series. And this webinar was about... Um, cybersecurity and data accuracy um, within elections. And we were fortunate enough uh, to have Ben Hovland from the EAC um, come and speak uh, to us for a few minutes about, you know, what he sees as the importance of data accuracy when it comes to cybersecurity. And then we also had several representatives from our pilot projects speak and talk about the spatial data audit work that they're doing within their projects. So we had the election director from Shasta County speaking. We had um, someone from Nebraska, um, Sarpy County, uh, talking about the work that they're doing around spatial data audits. And then finally, we had someone from the GIS office in Arkansas speak about some of the work that they're doing there. And these, these are projects happening right now where these folks are finding errors in their election databases um, or their precinct layers or their district layers, and they're making these edits and updates now to, to affect the work um, that will happen you know, in the near future and in redistricting. So it was really great to pull this group together um, and to have these folks share this really important information and these important processes that they're doing right now. This webinar was recorded. It's up on our website, elections.nizjik.org. Um, and we'll continue this webinar series uh, through the fall and into next year. We're hoping to do, um, you know, a, a webinar on redistricting um, as we, you know, get closer to that point. But it's been a really neat shift and pivot um, to do this webinar series um, given the the COVID pandemic. And uh, you know, when we're talking about COVID nineteen and the way that it changes the the way that that projects like this, but also elections in general. Um, operate. Uh, Tammy, do you have anything else that you want to add on that? Yeah, I would say that it really highlighted the importance of this project in this moment because those jurisdictions that are, in fact, geo-enabled um, had the opportunity to leverage that information in this moment where they were having cancellations of polling places because of facilities denying access, where they were trying to locate where they had poll workers that said they would still work and being able to leverage GIS in this moment and capitalize upon the visualization of some of the data was really, really important and very helpful in jurisdictions. Um, so much so that there's an effort out of uh, UC Davis uh, with uh, Dr. Mindy Romero. It's a citing tool and it leverages the um, the GIS shape files to do just that very thing. It's a tool created that um, allows election officials to locate where they should put polling places, where they should put drop boxes. And we were able to expand um, that tool in this moment. It started in California 
California and um, will be in 10 different states, you know, within the next couple of weeks. But it was only those states and jurisdictions that had their GIS shapefiles all ready to go that were able to really jumpstart that project as well. So we're seeing um, kind of a domino effect and seeing just the, the importance of being able to utilize shapefiles and the various data layers in a variety of ways particularly giving, you know, this, everyone hates to say unprecedented, but it is unprecedented um, moment that we all, you know, are finding ourselves in. So to so to kind of wrap up the the conversation here, you know, we're releasing this podcast as part of StateScoop's special report on election security. So, so going forward, you know, Tammy, h- how do you see GIS fitting into the overall election slash voting slash election security conversation? And that's an excellent question. Um, it, you know, part of the challenge that we have in the election cycle, and particularly in this moment where there's a lot of mis and disinformation that's being um, put into the public square. And there's this narrative around mistrust and distrust and lack of confidence and the questioning the integrity of it all. Um, it's important that we we are able to demonstrate and shore up our systems in every possible way. So in this moment, we're talking so much about you know 2020 presidential election cycle, but as Jamie mentioned, it's also the census and we have redistricting on the horizon. And so I think when we when we contemplate not only this election, but future elections, how do we ensure that we have the most accurate information we can to ensure that voters have the correct ballot for the, the districts in which they live in? And this is really the best the best path um, to get to get there, you know, in the future. And so I think when we talk about security, um, so often we think of security as cybersecurity because of what's happened in 2016 and what we know is ongoing and the attempts that are being made as we as we speak here today. So when we think about the security of our system, I, I think about it both in, you know, the defense Um, against those kinds of attacks, but also the security and knowing that the information of the, the structure in which we're basing all of our decisions is sound, valid and correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Jamie, any any other final thoughts there on, on kind of the role that GIS will play going forward in, in elections? Yeah, just one final thing here. Um, you know, what Tammy was just sharing there was the the truly the impetus for having the webinar in September and inviting um, Chairman Benjamin Hovland to speak about cybersecurity and data accuracy as a pair. You know, we had the Elections Geo Summit in August of last year, and our keynote speaker uh, was Megan Wolf from the state of Wisconsin. She's the state election director there. And, you know, she said at the summit, she said, if these these days, if someone gets the wrong ballot, they're likely to think the election has been hacked. She said, unfortunately, there is no gray area anymore. Election errors are seen in a very black and white way, meddling or no meddling. Fewer election errors will improve voter confidence. And so I, I completely agree with what Tammy said. The more we can sure up the data, that helps us to determine the ballot that someone gets um, to to vote in a contest, and, and we're making sure that it's absolutely correct. Um, that we will will boost voter confidence, and um, GIS has a role to play in that. Tammy and Jamie, thanks so much for your time here. I'm certainly looking forward to see what you've all accomplished come November and beyond. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Don't forget to vote. 
<laughs> and that is that. Thanks again to Jamie Chester and Tammy Patrick for sharing their insight into the Geo-Enabled Elections Project as we approach the 2020 election. You're listening to the third season of GIS Addressed, where we're diving into topics like these over the remaining months in 2020. Today's show was written and produced by me, Jake Williams, with help from our friends at the National States Geographic Information Council. Our show features music from Captive Portal, available via Creative Commons. For previous seasons of GIS Addressed, as well as all the latest news on how state and local governments are using technology, head over to statescoop.com. I'm State Scoop's associate publisher, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.